podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening and welcome to the Talking Cop for a lovely Wednesday night. It is a full-time match reaction show. I'm your host, Matt. I'm joined by my regular co-hosts, Kevin, Chris Brackett's finished at Anfield. Liverpool 5, West Ham United 1. We are through to the semifinals. Chris, you love a semi, don't you? I do, man. So, Liverpool, do you know what? I'll leave you two for one show and it all goes to shit. What's wrong with mm-hmm. you two? Honestly, honestly, or blame Chris Golden because he's not so we'll blame him because you know he's probably the um one for it. So, but you know, it was great. Jones was really good. Jo- Jones made us tick. Jones gave us balance. All the things me and Kevin have been telling Chris Golding for weeks and months. And mm-hmm. what a surprise, Chris Golding is not here for a post match show. Who does he's here? He's here, just not on yeah, screen. Yeah. It's not on screen now. He's absolutely cursed himself now because he realized. Well, it's 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 hard to speak on a on a podcast when you have mouthfuls of humble pie. So you can still type though when you got your mouth yeah. full. It was. I mean, yeah. It was. Uh, it was great. I, I mean, Kev, that's a lovely, lovely performance by Liverpool from one to eleven. I don't think there was a poor performance on the entire substitutes bench. Anybody tonight. Just lovely. No, this is what exactly, we're here for. It, it's exactly what we needed. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, what you've seen really is back-to-back games where the opponent didn't have virtually nothing. They couldn't lay a glove on us, West Ham. That's because they weren't allowed to. Manchester United couldn't lay a glove on us. It's because they weren't allowed to. And we dominated both games. But the difference is today, I thought, we just had more room to be fluid in the middle of the park. Hmm. And I thought West Ham's setup was tactically really poor. Um, I thought they got, when we get onto the lineups, I thought their lineup was just, it's a good lineup, strong lineup, but I think they got it wrong badly. The one thing that I loved when I saw our lineup was I didn't have a clue how we were going to play. I didn't have a clue. Couldn't see it hmm. until we, until it, the game started and you're like 30 seconds in and you're like, okay, he's there, he's there, he's there. Oh, he's holding out wide. Lovely. You know, and I love that. Um, it was exactly what I wanted to see. Exactly the reaction to the performance on Sunday against Manchester United. It was a near perfect performance today. It was a near perfect performance. It was brilliant. Loved every bit of it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Super Dizzle 84 there. Ginny with goals. I believe he's talking about Curtis Jones. And uh, that just throughout the course, of, even if we just go through the goals, we are going to have to talk about Curtis Jones a little bit. There's no doubt about that. Right. I mean, you uh, you talk about lineups there, Kev. I mean, obviously, the biggest thing to come out of the lineups was the fact that uh, Gavin Emmett were doing a watch-along on our members' feed yeah. for this match. So. The first first time ever that there's been any uh, Liverpool match watch along on the channel, ever as far as I as far as I know, maybe they did one way back in the day ten years ago or something like that. But yeah, Emmett uh, and Gav out in the uh, Florence Cinema Pergola in Gav's backyard, and it was a blast. Uh, if you're one of our members and you were lucky enough to get the alert, if you've got your notification bell clicked on for YouTube, and Gav and Emmett went live for it. It was fantastic. It's great to see a football commentator with smoke in his mouth. 
it, there's just there's something about it that just harkens back to what I presume the old days used to be like. But uh, well, that was an absolute absolute riot listening to those two. Well, the rules now is they've done a watch along. We won five ones. They have to keep doing them now until, until we don't win. I think that's yeah. the rule now. Yeah, MS lives in gas backyard. I'm going to hate that now. I love an abusive message coming through my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but I mean, uh, it was it was very good fun, and they chose a very very good game for it because there was plenty of talking points. And like you said, Kevin, it started with the lineups. Not a lot of surprises in terms of Kelleher coming in between the sticks. You had Gomez and Simicast playing as the fullbacks. Quanza getting the start beside Virgil Van Dyke, which. I'm a big fan of. I really like the fact that we've been using Kwanzaa kind of sparingly as a bit part substitute kind of role, but it's good to see him get to play with the big man there. Presumably on his preferred side is the right center half with Van Dyke, and I thought they were both fantastic. And then this is where it gets kind of, you start throwing up some question marks because the front six is, I mean, Endo's going to play the six. So the front five, you've got Sabasai Jones. Yeah, Sabasai Jones, Elliot, Darwin, and Gakpo. And it was, who's playing the right side at eight, who's playing right wing out of Elliott and Sabasai, and then who's playing center forward, who's playing left wing out of Gakpo and Darwin. And pretty much right from the start and throughout most of the game, it was Darwin on the left, Gakpo through the middle, and Harvey Elliott played as the right wing, and Sabasai played in midfield until we made the substitutions and Sabasai went off. And it worked. I mean, Kev, like, there's question marks, and I, I like seeing question marks sometimes. You know, we went through that period when we were in our absolute peak where you knew exactly what the 11 was going to be. You knew exactly where the players were going to be, no matter who was named in that starting 11. This one, like, hmm, I wonder what we're going to see here a little bit. And it, it just worked from moment one. It worked because Joe Gomez held his position wide. Harvey was fluid. He was, he might have been on the left wing on paper, but he was popping up in the middle. He was popping up in the 10 roll. He was coming across onto the other wing to create overloads. He allowed, he made, every, he freed up space for everyone to play in. And space wasn't clogged up by a right back trying to play in the number eight role and trying to overcomplicate a very simple game. It was exactly what we wanted to see. And there was a camera angle about 10 minutes into the game where you saw Joe Gomez standing right on the, getting chalk in his boots on one wing. Costas getting chalk in his boots in the other wing. And you just saw how much space there was in the middle of the park and how fluid it was between Sabozlai and Curtis Jones. They just linked together really well. And when one came in, the other pulled off and just freed up space. You had Cody Gapo dropping into from a force nine role to link up the play and to keep the ball moving. It was... It was lovely to see. It was so enjoyable to see it. It was what I've been screaming for for the last month in watching us. And we weren't getting it until 20 minutes to go in games when the substitutions were happening. And Joe Gomez was coming on and affecting changing games. We got it tonight right from the off. And we saw the best of, we saw the Dominic Sabozlai that we saw at the start of the season. And we saw what Curtis Jones, why he was starting in the first month of the season and why Gravenberch, there wasn't a rush to get him in. You know, it was just fluid. It was energetic. It was sharp. It was exactly what you wanted to see. And I think about 15 minutes in, 
West Ham gave up trying to play out from the back. They just decided to go long. And you had Kwanzaa and Virgil at the back going, yeah, come on then. Go long. We're we're you're not you're not we're not losing anything in the air. So you gotta you're either gonna lose the ball in your own third, or you've got to give us the ball back with our center half with it. Either way, you're giving us the bloody ball back. You know, it, it was brilliant. I loved it. There's so much about tonight's performance that if if you were watching tonight and watched and missed the Manchester United game, you'll wonder what the hell was going on. You'd be tearing your hair out to say, like, when you look at the stats from both games, they're mirror images of each other, more or less. You know, corners, shots, possession. But today, the possession was meaningful. You know, there was purpose behind it. I was just delighted with it. Absolutely delighted with it. We also scored when we were dominating, which is what we didn't do in the early part of Man United. We kept missing chances he should have took, really. And I think... That, that's what the United game needed. It needed you to take a goal while you're on top, which we stopped doing. Yeah, but un- unlike the United game, we we created chances tonight. We co- created clear-cut chances. We we didn't really threaten at all against United on Sunday. Like, it was, it was possessions for possession's sake. We racked up 12 or 13 corners in that game, but really with the exception of the Van Dyke header that went right down on his throat, we didn't really look dangerous from any of our set pieces. Karate's score of his header. It's a routine header. Karate's header is actually pretty poor. So they're the two. They're the two big chances, but the, the biggest chance that you'd expect those players to score. So that's the way to look at it. But listen, let's let's focus on let's focus on tonight. Hell yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty dominant from minute one, just about. Our our forward press was working great. Uh, I think a lot of that comes down to that anchoring role, like you were talking about, Kev of Gakpo doing that dropping deep bit and not having so much defensive work to do for Darwin Nunes to not have that 360 degree responsibility to be able to just know that anytime that ball goes out to Vladimir Sufa, you bust your ass, you get out there and you immediately close him down because he's not going to do anything spectacular with the ball. Sufal, he's a completely serviceable standard old school right back. He's not going to do something brilliant with the ball at his feet and cut it out. So just put him under pressure. And that happened again and again and again. We start getting into the corners. One, two, three. And then, I mean, let's just jump right to the goal. Jarrell uh, Kwanzaa, he steps up. He intercepts one of their long hoofs out. Because like you said, Kevin, rightly so, they realize that they just they don't have the quality to press up from the back. We've got too much speed. We were too organized with our forward press for them to be tippy-tappy with it around the back. They hoof the ball long. Jarrell Kwanzaa steps up, takes the ball down, lays it off the Sabasalai. The freedom of Anfield in front of him to walk into. Gets his head up, drives into space, and kablammo. I mean, what a shot. Like, no spin, dips at the last minute, right into the side netting just behind the post. What a goal. I mean, he needed it. He needed it. I, the bit I loved about that goal was uh, Kwanzaa stepping out from the back. It was it was almost like a bit of tennis going on in the middle of the park because we lost it, they won it, then we lost it again. It would have been very easy for a young centre-back to see a West Ham player turning on him and drop. It's like, I'm not going to get... I'm going to give myself space and win it back. Win it back that way. No. 
he won. He got on his front foot. Chris was saying it to me in the text before when the, as the goal went in. He got on the front foot and won the ball back up, laid it after Sabah's like, and like you said, they just allowed him to run and run and run. And when he hit it, it stayed. It was one of those. He hit it and it stayed hit. And it was it was what we deserved for the pressure that we put on them. The only thing that I'd say for the whole game, West Ham are very good at defending set pieces. They're physically a very big side. I never thought that we were going to win anything from a corner, score anything from a corner or anything like that. But I thought the scraps that you get on the knockdowns from outside the box, you might be able to create something from that. But yeah, that first one, when Sabozlai hit it, it just stayed hit. And 1 0, 28 minutes gone. And it was reward for the effort and the work that and the quality that we showed in that first half. Because do, the only thing I'd say about West Ham's setup, I expected Kudus to play through the middle and Jared Bowen to, to play off the left wing. I think that's his best position. I think Moyes messed that up badly. Because um, Kudus, when he played for Ajax against us at Anfield, he was a handful, scored a really good goal, but he scored it from playing centrally. You know, um, when he played out on the wing, he looked lost. He just looked like he, he wasn't a threat. And I thought, when I saw the way they were lining up, I thought, they have absolutely nothing here for us. You know, there is nothing for here for us to worry about. And the other thing that I, that I saw in the first 28 minutes before the goal went in, Kwanzaa, when he was getting his foot on the ball, the, his incisive passing from centre-back into midfield, uh, not out wide, because he has that in his locker as well. He was doing that as well. But he was getting the ball and almost disguising the pass into the middle. And he did it three or four times. It was brilliant to see. And it was so accurate. Kwanzaa was outstanding tonight, you know, defensively as well. A little bit of a mistake later, we'll get to it. But in general, I thought his play for someone coming in in a big game, a quarterfinal of the League Cup, you know, the spotlight is on you. You're at home on the back of a poor performance. And, you know, questions would have been asked going into the Arsenal game if we didn't get a good win tonight. And I thought he was decent, really, really was. Exactly the kind of performance he needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Scouser P here, he says Quantz is playing like he's a seasoned pro, calm and comfortable on the ball and has an eye for a progressive pass. And uh, Anthony Boylan, another one, he's Quantz is just so comfortable on both sides. is amazing at his age. And I mean, Chris, just uh, yeah, out of concern that we might lose uh, a little praise for Jarrell Quanza in the flurry of goals that comes in the second half. He's just doing everything we could ever wanted him to do. And I mean, it takes any sort of bitter aftertaste of missing out on a Levi Colwell out of a Liverpool fan's mouth with the way that this kid's playing. Because every time we call on him, he steps up. He's now got a goal and an assist. He, you know, he's he's contributing at the other end of the at, at the pitch as well. But yeah, I, another great game from Kwanzaa, wasn't it? I think he gives us something Ibu doesn't. I think he gives us a, um, that punch pass from centre-back, which uh, Matic's very good at, which is to drive it forward. I think that's the one part of Ibu's game that needs to develop is develop something in his game because he doesn't do the Joe Matic run. He doesn't do the long passes like Van Dyke, and he doesn't have that sharp punch forward that Kwanzaa does. And I think that's something that... Well, it'll look, Kwanzaa is a young player as well, but I think that's something he needs to learn. Whereas I think that's what um, Kwanzaa gives you. And he's just so calm. 
sometimes maybe a bit too calm, which I think we'll talk about with the goal. I think that may be part of it. But look, you forget he's 20 years old. You know, there aren't many 20-year-olds who are playing centre-back regular centre-back at this level. So listen, we've got a bit of a gem. You know, was it as we planned the summer? Probably not. But I mean, that's also why we're not coaches and why we're not managers because they see him every day and they've seen what he is and they've obviously clearly looked at him and gone, this isn't a Reese Williams or in that Phillips. This is someone, this is a looks early days, but looks like this is a proper quality top level centre half that we could have our hands here. And they're very hard to find, especially young when comes to your academy. It's, um, it could be a bit of a godsend in the long term. Yeah. One of those, uh, one of those savior 60, 70 million type players. And I mean, it's just, yeah, it's good. Though. If, Regardless of results on the pitch or anything like that, which I do really care about, but what like he's been such a pleasant surprise this season because I don't think really I Kev I think you were a bit uh, you were pretty high high on Kwanzaa's praises when we were doing preseason kind of preview shows and stuff like that, but I think even you would be uh, surprised at the level that he's hit already in his young career, and it's just it's such a treat to have that player coming in from the academy. To just fill yeah, that role, it's, so it's it's massive. I mean, at the end of the day, I was only going really off reports of the press in Bristol that I still keep that I still keep keep an eye on, and it's not so much the press; it's the people who were talking about him know the game, they know football, and that's Twentyman, right? They, it's me, it? Jeff Twentyman. Jeff Twentyman is. Um, he, Jeff Twentyman came through the Liverpool Youth Academy back in the 70s, late 70s. But he would have played almost all of his career in Bristol with, with Rovers. And he went on to play to, he's a reporter now for BBC. And he knows football, you know. So, and when, he's, when he comes out and says, this kid has got something. And, you know, Liverpool don't know what they have in him yet, but they will. I was sat there like, okay, this guy is going to be our fifth choice centre back. At worst, he's going to play the Europa League games. He'll get some experience, see how it works out, and maybe go on loan for the second half of the season, depending on how it's going. You start the semi final, well, aren't you? Let's be honest, you start the semi final. You're starting him whenever you want to start him, mate, because he doesn't give you any vibes of someone who gets flustered or someone who gets worried. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, like, I I get the overconfidence kind of tag. I do, but he's twenty. He so just you, looks you so that. confident. But he looks confident in his defending. I think physically <laughs> he's going to get stronger. <laughs> it's Brian O'Sullivan. We're bringing us the hot takes right from the farm. I thought you were supposed to be in bed by now, Brian. But uh, Brian says Kwanzaa's like a good experienced cow coming into a new milking parlor. Which I think we can all agree is something that we know let, very intimately. Yeah. Let, let, let's be honest. You're not getting that sort of concert on Sky Sports, are you? Let's be honest. Come on. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's right. If you were if you were if you were in the members Tell chat, them. it's three ninety nine a month. If you were in the members group that watch had the watch along, Brian was a special guest at halftime. So you'd be able to put a face to the name and the insight that Brian gave at halftime. Let's just say if you're not a member, you missed out on it. It was quality. Yeah, quality insight from a quality geezer. That's right. Absolutely. And looking very young and fresh faced because of all that hard farm labor that he's up to. But I mean, 
we get into halftime. It's one nil. We get three. Brian's little cameo on on the watch along. <laughs> Everybody's well, kind of. What's that? It should, it should be, be two. Well, Gapo should score, but we definitely, I think, in that second half when we, we watch it on top, we definitely mess up, I would say, opportunities where there is a simple final ball or a simple pass, which could easily make it 3 0. Basically, the dominance, that was my only frustration at half time, was for all the dominance, 1 0 feels a bit of a short change. I mean, we make we make the most of the second half. The Gakpo header right at half time, those are older those again, would have really killed it. Yeah, well, I mean, and just like five minutes before that, uh, a ball comes in and Gakpo chests it down to the on-rushing Joe Gomez. And uh, oh, it's yeah. all I want. It's all I want for Christmas is Joe Gomez to score a goal. I'm telling you, he's either going to score, he's either going to score a banger or a winner in the cup final. Other than that, he's not scoring. That's that's just the Joe Gomez thing. It actually looks very good today. Yeah, I mean, Joe Gomez was fantastic. But in this specific moment, he absolutely just completely air kicks it and looks like a man who could play 3,000 games for Liverpool and he will never score. But I was trying to transition into this nicely because we get to halftime. We're leading by a Dominic Sabazlai absolute rocket bolt of a goal. And speaking of Dominic Sabazlai, the Talking Cop has got a little prize that we're raffling off for people. So... If you check out the show description or you go on to any of the Talking Cop social media, you'll find a link to footballprizes.co.uk, I believe it is. There is a signed and framed Dominic Sabosly shirt. They're only selling 299 tickets. The tickets are £3.95, and you can buy them up until the day after Christmas, Boxing Day, as we call it over here. Pretty good chances. I mean, what does that give you? Uh, 0.33% chances for one picket. £3.95, and if you get it now before this kid goes to the absolute world, world-class levels, that could be an absolute mint and a lovely, lovely collector's item because uh, that's that's our little Hungarian. That's our little Hungarian, and if he puts in goals like that, you're going to be looking very proudly at the uh, signed jersey on your wall if you're lucky enough to win and be happy that you spent that £3.95. What do we got here from Ashley L? Ah, she's always good with bringing us the quotes from Klopp after the game. Klopp says, Things clicked tonight when they didn't on Sunday. I'm sure I'm I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about what Man United did, but they defended deeply. 34 shots tonight. We scored in those moments, and that's Pretty that's accurate. the difference. Yeah. And uh, Anthony Boylan's warning that uh, Klopp uh, wants to be careful, or else Roy Keane is going to call him <coughs> arrogant. But I, I I think Roy Keane's mass slipped though. He realized your side of your side played like listen. They got the point. But your side's playing like Burnley, and that's kind of not what he wants to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, Roy Keane also come out with the uh, one title in 30, 30 years line, as if football was invented in nineteen ninety two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I hate 000. that. I was it that was goes through me like rusty nails. That does. Yeah, he's going well. Man United's got no titles in what ten years now, is it? But at yeah. least, yeah, probably like gonna be at least another. The way they're going at the moment, at least number five. You know, well, yeah. I mean, if you if you get to pick an arbitrary date as to when football was created, then nobody has any titles except for Man City, I guess. But uh, Brian O'Sullivan, just on the back of our contest, he says the stuff is all legit. He has a signed Fabinho shirt from there that he won. It's really nice stuff. So there you go. Get on that. Uh, I'm sure the tickets won't last very long at uh, four quid a pop. They're uh, they're going to be gone here. Well, we got a week left before Boxing Day. Not even a week left before Boxing Not Day. Even so. A week. Yeah, it's it's coming up quick. It's coming up quick. But yeah. we come yeah, on out battle. second half. No, yeah, 
No team makes any changes at halftime. I don't know if there were smoke bombs going off or if there was some sort of fog cloud that descended, but they showed, I think it was Paqueta sitting on the bench. You could barely see him. Like the weather that just the looked. That was the right. Yeah. Oh, it looked. You couldn't see it from rain, the wide yeah, shot, was... really, but close up. Holy shit, it looked miserable. Yeah, it was yeah. lashing. It was lashing. Yeah, it was very uh, extremely windy as well. Hmm. Uh, we can't complain about the win, though. Oh, no, we can't because we won. We're only allowed, we're not allowed to complain about the win when we lose. What's so, what's so uh, funny is when Klopp talks about the weather, people go, Oh, he's making excuses. He's going, Have you ever heard of it? He talks about the weather in every interview he does. Even when they win, he talks about the weather. He's obsessed with it. It's all he talks. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay, the so, draw's uh, happening now. Um, we've got Viz and we've got. Um, I've got to be phone as well. Is going to keep us updated. We are we are ball number four. Chelsea are ball number one. Fulham are ball number two. And Middlesbrough are ball number three. In case you can't. I always rated being ball number four. Always rated being ball number four. Oh, and Red Steve has already got it. The the stream of Fife is much quicker than it is everywhere else in the world. He says Borough versus Chelsea, oh, which it. means by process of elimination, it is Fulham, Liverpool, or Liverpool, Fulham, one or the other. Oh, that's yeah, this will be the last year of the two-legged semi-finals. Well, mm-hmm. because you got an extra, you got an extra two two games in Champions League because you've been playing Champions 20, now in January. Well, you got you got an extra twenty-seven billion T games next season. Yeah, so, uh, first first match at Anfield, second one at Craven Cottage. Yep, like that, yep. like that a lot. Yeah. That's good. It'll be yeah, two, would... it'll be two good games as well because look, fair is fair. Fulham, Fulham are a good side. And since, and since we since we beat them four three, they've just decided we're just going to score loads of goals. Yeah, <laughs> they just went on a madness. They lost four three to us. Then they just put two five nil score lines on the, on back to back, and then they had that with Everton last night. So you know, I I think that'll be that'll be a test for both sides because I'd imagine they might be missing a few as well. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and uh, Viz Vizing, he says, like the home game first, get the lead first, because our uh, our home form is quite, quite good. It's, uh, no, no, Brian, I will not be braiding my hair like Darwin Nunez, even if we win the League Cup now. If we win, that's, all, that's a, four, if we win all four competitions we're involved in, maybe I'll think about it. But that no, hair said, that he had was fucking You said the incredible. double. You said the double. The league, you said the League and Europa League double. You braided your hair. Sure. His hair was so bad, he got rid of it after one week. And that was not either easy or cheap for him to put into his hair. So he took one look at that on the highlights and went, fuck that. And I agree with him completely. Well, Mar- Marcus Maher makes a point there. It could be a repeat of the 2022 final. Ooh, and uh, remind me who scored the winning goal in the shootout of that final? Chris, do you remember who scored the winning goal in the shootout of the League Cup final? Keller. Ah, there we are. Penalty took possibly the worst penalty I've ever seen someone score. We were, we were doing, we did a post match that day. Do you remember? We were doing a post match show. Yeah, we were doing a post match show because we commentated on the penalty shootout live. Oh, I don't think I was. Do- I I wasn't on the show because I was very very. Yeah, I was. If I, I, I did the show. If I did the show, I wasn't sober, and I don't think I did. <laughs> yeah, my uh, the notebook I got here. I don't know if it goes back far. Oh no, it does. Hold on, I, I'm I might not have been on that one. Bracky Cole, I don't know what Cole. What's that? Kev, uh, so Kev, you got a mohawk. 
What's cornrows? Oh, that, cornrows. That's exactly. Oh, you'd look great in cornrows, like a little mallow gusto sort of look for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, or when uh, when Trent showed up to the AGSA for preseason there a couple seasons ago, and everybody took the piss out of him for his hair. That's. I think you could pull it off. I think you could pull it off. All right. Oh, I've I've a little bit of hair for that. We've got a we've got a lovely, lovely second half to get into. Uh, A series of corners to get us started. A nice little warm up coming back out after the break. Then a terrible tackle by Edson Alvarez on Harvey Elliott. Rightfully gets a yellow card. Comes flying in. Studs up. There's no VAR in this round. Presumably there will be in the next round because we've... Uh, yeah, semi-finals this, yeah. Yeah, we've gotten rid of the Port Vale who do not have the facilities for it. Ooh, I don't know how to deal with this. I'm very excited. Nigel has gifted uh, one Talking Cop membership. Ooh, I don't know if well, it just goes out automatically if you, or what, but... Yeah, if, uh, if, you've, if you've got gifted on on your settings take it, take on it. YouTube... Click click on the link and you'll automatically get a free a one month membership courtesy of Nigel. But you have to have gifting on on your YouTube uh, settings. That's how it works. It should, oh, it should pop up. It should pop up in the chat. So anybody that's already a member, you won't have the option of receiving the gift because you're already paying for it. And thank you very much for that. But if you're not already a member, Nigel's comment that came up there should have a little box that says "click here to accept gifts" or something like that. And then uh, I'm not sure if it goes off or. What happened? Thank you very much for that, Nigel, by the way. So, I I mean, Bracky, just before we get to Curtis Jones's goal, uh, it has to be mentioned. 53rd minute, Jared Bowen gets in behind Jarrell Kwanzaa, crosses the ball in lovely, and who's there at the back post to cut out the danger but your absolute favorite Greek player, Kostas Simakas. He had a good game, didn't he? He He had a good game. To be fair to him, he's been good for about the last four or five games. That's all I can say about Costas. I can't. I can't. I'm not going to slack. Unlike some, I'm not going to slack someone off because they don't rate them. But he's he's played well. He's done what you want a left back to do. You know, really good anticipation. I, I was happy with Supercast today. Can't can't complain. There we go. And so we've got our big winner, Sue Dizzle eighty four, is the uh, lucky recipient of one month's membership. So. This is a name that if you're in the chat all the time, you recognize Stupidizzle84, yeah. you know you're going to like it. So you can join Gav and uh, Emmett tomorrow morning on the 30, where Gav is going to go and do a lyrical analysis of a hip-hop song, which I think I'm going to try to pull myself out of bed at 5 in the morning to watch live, <laughs> because that is going to be I think I'm absolute try crack. That is going to be absolute crack. That's going to be... But I mean, Chris... Um, but uh, Just so you know, uh, Thursday night, uh, that's tomorrow, isn't it? Tomorrow night. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the final episode of the title show as well. So you'll, you'll, get, that. you'll get early Did access we to that. Well, we're, we're actually just talking about <laughs> us being pissed for seven games. <laughs> that's all we're talking about, is us being pissed for seven games. So it's going to be good fun. Uh, but yeah. because you're a member now, you'll also be able to get the back catalogue of the other five that we did. So that's been a fun There game. you go. And also uh, the new series that just started here, episode one. I believe it went out on the free feed for everybody, but Very it came good. out for members uh, a week ago. And that's The Helm, which was Keith with Gareth Roberts of the Late Challenge podcast, formerly Anfield Rap, talking about really? football ownership. So uh, if you haven't checked that out, even if you're not a member, you can get that in your YouTube feed or in your uh, whatever you use for podcasting apps and go and check that out because that's a brilliant show. And Keith did a fantastic job on it. Really well. And uh, really, really, lo- really looking forward to really looking forward to the next one. So, yeah, there you go. Super Dizzle 84. Awesome present for you. 
Merry Christmas or however you choose to celebrate the end of another calendar year coming up. But I mean, Chris, Dar yep. Darwin Nunez is involved in the buildup to our second goal. He does extremely good. Uh, Jones gets the ball in midfield. He kind of stabs it forward in that way you were talking about to Darwin Nunez. And after making the pass, which was a very good pass, Curtis Jones doesn't just stand and admire his work. He gets on his fucking bike and he runs. And Darwin Nunez pauses for a second. He sees the run that Jones is making, threads it through for him. Ball looks like it's going to run out for a corner. Jones gets on to the end of it. He's right on the end line. And I believe it's called giving the keeper the eyes. Because Definitely. I thought for, for the life of me, he's pulling this ball back. Gakpo's lurking on the center spot. And instead, calmly through the nipples, legs, and right into the far corner of the net. 2-0. Lovely goal. Yeah. It was very much Bobby away at Huddersfield. That's the first mm -hmm. thing. I think I text Kestra. I said, that is just how Bobby's yeah. going away at Huddersfield. It, that's all it reminded me of. It's a ridiculously tight angle. I was like... It was great. Uh, I was really pleased for Darwin because, again, I think while he's not scoring goals, I think people underrate. It's not like he's not involved and making about. You know, he is heavily involved in a lot of our build-up play. And I actually, his build-up play today was really good. It was today was everything but the goal. I think against Man United, it was nothing at all, which is good to the criticism. But I think people go overboard to that. But Joe's pleased for him because um, he's been threatened to get a couple of goals for a while. So it's nice to actually see him get one and. Lovely, lovely finish. Uh, please don't cop end, you know, you know, just, uh, you know, I think uh, not a silly celebration either and, uh, on his weaker foot. So he just looks comfortable on that left-hand side. I know he can play on the right foot. He just looks so much more comfortable playing on that left-hand side. He had that freedom to go forward, which I think is what Endo gives you. So, yeah, yeah really pleased with him. Nice finish. Uh, good Bobby impression. Not always a good thing. Yeah. He's... He's kind of got a bit of the flair about him to pull off the uh, the Bobby impersonation well, for we'll it. Talk, but I mean, we'll talk about his next his next goal is a bit more flary. <laughs> it's it looked like Arsenal defending Bobby Firmino from a couple of seasons ago. That's for yeah. sure. But I mean, Kev, I mean, it's uh, after the last couple of games, Darwin Nunes. He's been kind of a hot topic amongst Liverpool fans and people in the general media. If you're a subscriber to any of that stuff, which I for one really am not. Not scoring, you know, eight, nine games now since he scored. Ten. 11 games now, sorry. 11 right, games, that's right. 11 so game, sadly. I mean, that's a streak almost as bad as the fact that David Moyes has been to Anfield 21 times now and hasn't come away with a victory. That's pathetic. I mean, 11 games without a goal, any player can do that. But 21 games without a win at Anfield, that's that's really bad by the bin man or Marv from Home Alone as Gav is now christening David Moyes, and that's all I'll picture him as. But... I thought Darwin Nunez's all-around game today, Kev, was fantastic. And this link-up for this goal is what we need him to do. If he's not going to be in and amongst the goals, especially when we put up five, you want him to be contributing to the goals. And that's good play from him because you would understand if he was getting frustrated with himself, right? Yeah, look, I think the fact that Darwin was uh, freed up from playing in the middle, it was almost he was given license to be more expressive playing out on the wing. and. He enjoyed it. He relished it. He played really, really well. And the other side of it, he tracked back now and again, you know, when he when he had to. But in general, I felt like, you know how Salah cheats when he's on the right side? It felt like Darwin was cheating while he was on the left. And it suited him. Where he was cheating and staying high and wide, Gakpo was dropping that little bit deeper. So it's not, you know, normally you'd have your center forward would stay up top and what have you. It felt like Darwin was given the option, like, you stay wide, you stay up high, we'll find you. 
and Gakpo, Gakpo dropped deeper. But his link-up play was brilliant, and it looked like he had a weight lifted off of him. Um, I thought Barton Manchester United game, in general, his all-around game has been good. You know, his work rate, his link-up play has been okay. He's getting chances. I think I was talking to someone. I was actually on threads um, yesterday, and I was chatting to a guy, and he he was ba- we were basically coming at it from the same. He was asking the question, like, should we worry about Darwin, what have you? And I said, look, worry about him when he doesn't get chances or he doesn't affect games. And... Bar the Manchester United game, where I don't think he had his best he had his best game, along with many others. In general, he's been involved in most games. Either the hockey assist or the you know the pressing or an assist like tonight. His all-round play has improved dramatically. And he just looks he looks so relaxed and comfortable in his own skin. So I'm not worried about him at all. But if you're playing number nine for Liverpool and you're in a tight game and it's nil-nil and a chance comes your way, you need to be taking it. But at the same time, I can't knock the guy's work rate. I, I can't knock his effort. You know, he, he does everything that you want a forward to do. And the amount of times we've looked back on Bobby's career, we did a, a show there recently, I think it was the end when Bobby left, and we were eulogizing about Bobby Firmino. I love the guy, but he went through periods of his career where he didn't score a goal, couldn't score a goal all season at home. Yeah. You know, but well, he was affecting ta- games all the time. Yeah. Well, ta- and ta- that's what season. Darwin needs to do. Yeah. Title season, you got one home goal. Exactly. What Darwin needs to be involved in games and affecting games if he's not scoring. Yeah. You know, but yeah, look, all in all, and I think someone put it in the comments earlier on, and I forget whose name it was. Apologies to if you're, I hope you're still in the chat. With Endo tonight in that mm-hmm. number six goal, because just after that Curtis Jones goal, the changes come. With Endo tonight was fantastic. No word of a lie. Look, that one he tackle he put in, though, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's clumsy. He's clumsy I, as all hell. He's I, I clumsy text, as all hell at times. But look, I text Kestra. I text Kestra whenever that happened. I went, Kev, I love Endo, but fuck me, he's he's a clumsy bastard at times, isn't he? Just, but his way he looks so shocked. Going, Can I not do that? No, no, rugby tackle no, like that. No. I was getting on his case a couple of weeks ago when he was getting the ball, facing his own goal. And he didn't have options. He didn't know what to do. You watch him tonight. If you go back and watch the highlights of this game, the amount of times he takes the ball on the half turn and moves it forward. Or when he gets it back to go, he lays it straight off to Virgil. No dilly-dallying. No, ooh, what's behind me? He's like, no. I get the ball here. It goes there. That's muscle memory coming into a player's game. And look, he's not a spring chicken. He's, he's not a young kid. He's an experienced international who is coming in basically to take on the role that James Milner had at the club. And you need him to pick up the ball really quickly. And it looks like tonight, hopefully, is a penny drops, a penny's dropped game for him. That it, well, if you take the ball in the half time, you can move it. Yeah. Our new member, yeah. Super Dizzle, said he yeah. learned from the Palace game where they targeted yeah. him. Yeah, the ball and then they closed him. But the other thing, yeah. there's definitely a bit more of a trust on the ball because 
we did the whole sit probably what Man City was a really, really wide centre half. Mm. And he went he became also third centre half, turned look and was well within the game, spreading it, making it wide. Just give them a different angle to go to go for. Because then West Ham were like going, What do we pressing that high? Because I might get a goal, but if I press him that high, as they tried, it's a quick pass to Virgil and it dink over the go, oh shit, Elliot's in it. And I've cut yeah. the guys off the game. So it's an ever evolving piece of look. You know, it's what you want to see. You want to see players learn from the mistakes and develop, and that's what they want, rather than just always like a writing yeah. about. Uh, well. Yeah, basic basic He says we look more fluid in our positioning tonight in the forward positions, including the two eights. West Ham just couldn't contain our fervent vigor, and it's something that happened throughout the entire match. Where you look and you're you know that Harvey Elliott's playing nominally on the right wing, and then you look and he's been on the left wing for three, four, five minutes in a row, mm-hmm. and. You know, Gakpo and Diaz have switched up, and then all of a sudden Curtis Jones is out on the right hand side, and Sabasla is popping up all over the place. And that's that's what I think this system of being able to have Trent come into the midfield is supposed to give us is just that tactical flexibility. So that because tonight we played for the most part as a standard four three three, and it worked like gangbusters. And I can understand fans just going like keep Trent on the right-hand side, just have him do that right-back job that he's done for years and years and years. But it is so valuable having that ace up the sleeve that other teams can't just game plan for. Trent's going to stay in these positions, and he's always going to do those things. Having the ability for Trent to just say, I'm just going to drift inside, and it might take me out to the left-hand side where I end up in a left midfield position for a little bit. That makes us that much harder to beat. And when we get to the business end of the season, I think that's going to be uh, well, extremely important. Well, since we lost that City when we started inverting trends, we've lost one league game since then. Yeah. So, and that game was uh, well, fucking robbery. It's not, so. While it's not perfect and look, there are things we can tweak in it and, you know, maybe we overdo it and things like that. But I've seen quality. I'll just bin it off, get rid of it. Just go back to flat 4 four three three. Well, we've been doing the flat 4 4 for a little while, and we were getting told we were getting found out. We were easy to mm. predict. As criticism of Champions League final was, Ancelotti said, Liverpool's the easy side to, uh, to guess the lineup. It's always, if you're the victor, it, it sounds great, doesn't it? But I would argue, for the last three or four years, Man City, the easy side to pick in terms of who they're picking. Can't bloody stop them. <laughs> but I could pick their lineup most weeks. It doesn't really change that dramatically. So, it's getting the balance where I still think the inverted thing, it has its merits. It's just picking as and when you do it. And maybe it's like Kev said, it's horse for courses. Maybe when you're playing like a Man United or a West Ham who are a bit more low block, maybe you don't need to do it as much. But against Arsenal or, or City, we've seen it works. So I think it's just a matter. I think it's just like horse for courses and just flicking it around when you need it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we get to the hour mark and almost like they were pre-programmed. We make our three substitutions, our first draft of subs. Trent comes on for end. Trent comes on for end. Well, before that, Paqueta came on for Ben Rama. And I mean, that's always one of those. It was so nice to have that second goal before Paqueta came on because you look at the West Ham bench. (laughs) I texted Kev, went, fucking hell, we better score soon. Paqueta's coming on. And I went, oh, there it is. (laughs) I'm all right now. Copy paste that text and just send it in every minute on the minute when we're playing our next game against. I called it. (laughs) 15 times in the day. Yeah. Uh, So Trent comes on for Endo, uh, who we've just uh, had a little talk around. I thought he was excellent. Virgil van Dijk makes way for Ibu Kanate. 
nice 60 minutes for Virgil, a little 30 minutes of rest before he obviously starts against Arsenal and another, another game for Virgil. Like he's just, he's, he's just back. He's, if he's not at his absolute peak level, he's 90, 95% of where he was. And that still puts him in the absolute upper echelons of world center halves. I, he was fantastic again tonight. And Mo Salah comes on for Dominic Sabaslai. So presumably Sabaslai, again, 60 minutes of play, 30 minutes of rest, go again on uh, Saturday against the Arsenal. Mo, you know he wants some more goals. And, I mean, we just we, – we get into the goals. We make another change shortly thereafter. Connor Bradley comes on for Simicast. Joe Gomez swaps over to the left-hand side. And, I mean – just a word on Joe Gomez. I what a what a season. I mean, he's got to be up there with in the last ten years of Liverpool players. I would say Jordan Henderson, Curtis Jones, and Joe Gomez as the most maligned players on our team by our own fan base. Oh yeah, I think so. Um, credit credit. I think Super Dizzy. I'm sure said it earlier. Was uh, Joe looks like he trusts his body again? Mm. I think that's why he looks quicker and he looks sharper. I also think he's got the benefit of. Because he trusts his body, he's played. He's played an awful lot of games this year, more than you probably realise. And not just throwing him for the old cup game here and there, where he's playing with the kit, where he's playing with you know the back the backup team. You know, he's played a lot of big Premier League games. He's coming in Newcastle when we're down to ten men. I think because he's fit, and to be fair to him, I think he's only missed one game with a niggle. So, I think that helps. I think he's trusted his body again, and it's nice to see because. I think he's just body. Don't you think he looks quicker, Kev? That's the quickest I've seen him getting up and down the line, recovery pick off for a while. It's almost like he trusts his body to go, I can go for I can actually open my legs and go full pace it. Yeah. And I've not seen him do yeah, that no. for a good 18 months. I think he knows his role within the squad, and I think he's comfortable in that role. I think he's comfortable knowing the fact that he's a senior member of the squad and his role is important and his role is valued by Klopp more than anything. Um, and his versatility is showing. You can play centre-back, right-back, left-back. He's not an ideal left-back, let's be honest about it. But he'll give it a, He'll give it the good old college try. You know, he, he'll give anything a go. And he's not for, He's not afraid to try it. I don't um, think Gradwell's uh, a great left-back either. You know, no, he's not. Like he's like a left-back. So it's, it does look I've I've always had a soft spot for Joe Gomez. Um, I just I've always I've always got a soft spot for players who get uh, a rough a rough run with fans. Um, usually because in at other clubs when players have fans getting on their back, you start seeing their agent coming out in the press talking, and you you see you hear noise coming out of the club. And Joe Gomez would have been well within his rights over the last few years. To come out and start talking about his, you know, my player should be playing this, this, and this, and this, and uh-huh. you just don't get it. There was one thing that one actual comment that came up earlier on. <clears throat> Doug Leach to Rush absolutely loved the name. How do I become a member? Okay, if you go to the top of the screen and click on the shows, um, just click on show. Uh, you'll see an option on the screen to join. Is three ninety nine a month, basically the price of a cup of coffee, and you get access to about twenty odd shows that aren't shown at live. Uh, they're all every show comes that comes out is shown is on 
Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. But there's access to daily shows that are on members on on the members only chat, and also you get access to the Telegram group as well, which is hilarious to say the least. Oh, it's but yeah, no, search around the website. You'll you'll search around YouTube on the on the channel. You'll find a join button. If you want to join it's us, three ninety nine a month, and it really helps the channel out a lot. To be fair, it's also best to try it on the desktop rather than yes. Yeah. The the yeah, yeah. the app the apps on phones are a bit hit and miss with it, but uh, when you're on the desktop, you can see it straight away, and it makes it a bit easier. Yeah. So it's good fun. Yeah, the members. The it members is good. It is good fun. It's, it's I mean, so funny. There is a lot of football chat. Think, to be fair, it's just madness. Yeah. it's great. I love it. It is. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, Paul Giovanni says the Telegram Chronicles are the stuff. Ah, oh, the 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 three of the three of us are we're all, we're on here, but we all joined as well. We're all paying members as well, so it's not mm -hmm. like we get perks of we're we're in the chat because we're on the channel. No, we all pay as well, you know. Yeah. So it's like we're no different to anyone else, and this contributes to the channel being able to carry on as we are. To be fair, and we and we all love doing it. So if you yeah, if you end up like us, you you get into the chat and you. Get your yeah, opinions the out there, and you you find out that your sound you end up being on the other side of the camera. So, James CBR breaking the breaking the house rules of come on, don't give a super chat. That's halfway to a month membership, but two pound super chat. So thank you very okay, much, well. James. He says, "Does Elliot start? If so, where he was everywhere." And I mean, he was. I you guys both know I I'm a big fan of Harvey Elliott. I spent a lot of last season, especially the first half of last season when we flogged Harvey Elliott because he was the oh, yeah. only person that could play midfield for us that could actually fucking put one foot in front of the other for more than about three steps. And a lot of our fans, he might join that cadre of, uh, of players that our own fan base seems to hate for no apparent reason, but he was excellent tonight. He gives us, he drives with the ball out of midfield like we have players that do it now. I'm fine. I'm, I'm coming up with this off the top of my dome here. So give me a moment. But like Sabasai can do it. Oh, Gravenberg can do it. Jones Jones can do it. But there's just maybe it's the left footedness about Harvey Elliott. But when he gets the ball, he just seems to side through there through the opposition with the ball at his feet, and he's got his head up. His head's on a swivel. Like young Coutinho. The, the sky is the limit for this kid. He's been oh, with the team. Oh wow! Look at Paul, that. Paul okay. Giovanni, I, was, I think I was, that's Greek, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. As Paul Giovanni, as Paul Giovanni puts it, reminds me of the young Maka. Young Manaman was had yeah. that sort of about yeah, yeah. him. You know, that's a that's also true. Oh, hold um, on a second. Uh, we don't mind a bit of Manchester United banter and all that. But yeah, if you're no, it's fine. They're doing they're doing great. I mean, I'm sure the, that's Roy But I mean, let's just go around the table. What do you guys think? Chris, do you think Harvey Elliott starts the weekend against Arsenal? Um, no. I I said to Kev straight away, I went, Kev, how well is Harvey Elliott? He goes, yeah, he goes, problem is, mate. I said, I still think he's a part for I think he's the perfect first sub. I think unfortunately for Harvey, he's become such a brilliant first sub that whenever he comes up to bench. He always influences the game positively. So I'm a bit like I keep him as the first sub. You know, yeah. I don't really care where he comes where he comes on. And I, I always think I think he's become that player that opposition sides are gonna go, Oh, not him. He always does something. You know, and I think he's gonna become that type of player, which is not a bad thing. I think I do think for the age he is at the moment, I think that's kind of the perfect role for him. Playing with the cup games, 
and he comes off and he comes off off the sub in the um the league games and then go go from there. Uh, Kev's going to have something wrong, but that, that's what I think I'll happen. Well, no, I mean, no. what, do you, I mean, what do you think, Kev? Is he, does he get the start? No, no, I agree, I, I, no, I agree with Chris. I think that he's a great option to have on the bench. He did play way too much football last year. Yeah. He's still young. I don't want to see, I don't want a repeat of a Michael Owen. Mm. I think he has the potential to be anything he wants to be, but he's still going to play for England under 21s for the next two years. Do you know what I mean? There is absolutely no rush with Harvey Elliott whatsoever. It's just really unfortunate for Harry, Harvey Elliott that Mo Salah is ahead of him. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I think Harvey is smart enough to know, learn your trade, bide your time, you will be the man. But right they, now, yeah. there is they, no rush. If there are several comparisons, then give it yours. Close to Suso. He's better than Suso. Jesus Christ. I mean, for Liverpool, he's already done more for Liverpool yeah. than well, Suso ever. Suso no, solid. Suso no, solid. I, no, the one thing I'll say, Suso went to Lazio. I think it was Lazio. Seville. And he, he developed his game and he became a top player. You know, he became a really good player. Um, Luis, oh, what's his name? Alberto. Luis Alberto. Alberto. A, he went to Lazio. Yeah, the, the potential was already there. You could see he was going to be a player. He just wasn't going to develop at Liverpool. Lose up there to work well now because we're not as reliant on every player being pacey. Exactly. I mean, the thing is, Harvey Elliott is young and he is going to be a top, top player. But he, I think he's got his head screwed on and I think he's got good people around him who aren't going to be along the lines of what Cope Palmer has done with, with Man City. Whereas Cole Palmer had bided his time at Man City, he would have been the, potentially the next Kevin De Bruyne. But he wanted everything today. And now he's at Chelsea. And he's going to be like, yeah, looking for another club, I'd say, in about 18 months. Yeah. That's it. You know? I do think so. Being the first sub for Liverpool, it's the bad thing. Because the way at the time is at the moment in football, which is all a bit mad, if you're coming, up, you're coming on 60 miles, you're probably going to play 40 minutes. Because it's always like, seven to ten minutes at a time all the time so it's not like you coming on as a sub and just playing the last 10 minutes you know it, it first sub you're generally getting quite a bit of game time especially mm. clock clock generally likes to get at least somebody on around the 60 mark anyway so that's why yeah. I, think, I still think the he's going to be a, a sub at the moment but yeah the other thing to like about him is the way he travels with the ball i think he's actually silkier with the ball at his feet than salah yeah, uh, and that's uh, not derogatory towards Mo. I just think Harvey carries the ball better. Mo is quicker, but Harvey carries the ball really well, and he doesn't lose pace while he's carrying the ball. He's got a great shot on him from outside the box, and he's not afraid to have a dig. He starts to get uh, but, that whip in his that whip in his cross now, though. Yeah, there is absolutely no rush with him whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, uh, Viz Vizing here, he's asking, but you aren't suggesting we loan him. I don't no. want to speak no, for all. No. no, right? No, I mean, no, no. he's just, yeah. Hey, hey, look at that. We're obviously doing something right here. James CBR comes right back in. He's become a member Good of man. the Nippy Carpathians bar, which we always appreciate. That's pushing Good us, man. again, a little bit closer, a little bit closer to our next prize draw because Gab mentioned on the watch along they did earlier that we're already up to 90 members. 
So I believe that puts us to 92 members now. And once we hit 100, we'll put all the names in the hat and we'll do another fun, fantastic prize draw. But I mean, Jesus, gentlemen, we are 56 minutes in and we still have three goals to go through. Which Let's is just fine. get through the goals. Then. Let's hey, just get no, it's, the goals. it's, this is okay because there's not going to be a, a flagship show coming along to talk about this game in broad strokes like when we did it, the show on Sunday, mm. which was unfortunate, an unfortunate match to have two shows back to back to talk about because that match was fucking terrible. Connor Bradley comes on in the 68th minute for Simicast. Moments later, it might have been his first touch. He has such a lovely first touch of this ball for Mo Salah, and Mo just cannot wrap his foot around the ball. He probably should have squared across, back across the goal. Then West Ham get a quick throw in. Uh, I believe touch. it's Gomez might go sliding out. Maybe Kwanzaa goes sliding out to knock the ball up for Kwanzaa a throw was. Yeah, very smart play by whoever was on the right wing. Might have been Bowen for West Ham. Picks it up, immediately throws the ball back in. And on the 70th minute, West Ham got their first shot on goal, which is absolutely fantastic for them because about 30 seconds later, we go up the other end and make it 3-0. And Chris, I'm going to come to you on this one because you were talking about Ibu Kanate and Jarrell Kwanzaa, and you said Kanate uh, doesn't have the ability to do that mazy run like Joel Matip does. Well, I would I, point you to the 71st minute, my friend. How's that for bro, a Joel Matip mazy run? If you could do it consistently, then great. <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it, it's a lovely finish by Gakpo, though. You know, he's they, there is two finishes, just the edge of the box or back post tapping. There is there is two main finishes. But so I suppose, listen, me and Kev disagree. I thought Gakpo had a bit of a struggle tonight. Um, but what I like about Gakpo, he seems to be when, he's ever, when I think he's ever a struggle, he also seems to go with gold. So mm. I kind of want Gakpo to look like he's struggling because he also bloody score. It's quite, it's quite a nice... Quite a nice trait he's yeah. developing, which I, I can live with that. But finish-wise, it's lovely. And you can see the relief in him because, I mean, that's only his, I think it's his third goal in the last 11, 12 games. So, you know, he's also on a little bit of a, a scoring drought. So, you know. I'm sorry, Chris. It's just the absolute best that we're being bombarded by Greek Manchester United fans in the chat. You obviously heard I love Simicast, haven't they? <laughs> and Mavropanos. He loves Simicas and Mavropanos. That's there's no two so ways You think they'd won? How <laughs> <laughs> the mighty have fallen! Brilliant today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's a lovely goal for Cody Gakpo, and it's this is what this game became for me at least was the perfect tonic, the perfect booster after that drab dull affair where only one team actually showed up to play on Sunday before a. It might not even be a top of the table clash because uh, I believe Villa has the chance to go top of the table on Friday. Yeah. But I hope to Sheffield United, so you would yeah, imagine okay. they will. So be. Aston Villa will be top of the table by the time we kick off. So it's a second versus third for a chance to go back top of the table in what is turning out to be a quite an exciting and interesting mm -hmm. title race that shockingly does not involve either Greek people or Manchester United, but that's well, neither here nor well, there. One Greek person, one Greek person involved. That's a good. That's a good point. Mavropanos. No, no, wait, no, wait. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, so we score. Ward Prowse comes on. Kerr comes on. Kudus and Sufal go off. Uh, Kudus, not the best game from him. I mean, really, the the players that started for West Ham. It goes to what you were saying, Kev, about getting the game plan just slightly wrong, with the exception of Jared Bowen. West Ham's players, their game plan, everything was just off. So very lovely for Marv the Binman, David Moyes to just absolutely hand us one there. Yeah. For all the fool me though, 76 minute, fuck me, it's 3-1. And yeah. you know, there's 
15 minutes left. We've been <laughs> absolutely cruising, but they brought their I big was, guns onto the pitch. I was fuming because I, was fuming. I want I wanted I wanted a clean sheet more than anything yeah. because of the changes we've made. I wanted a clean sheet. But credit where it's due. Credit where it's due. Kelleher could do absolutely nothing about it. Jared Boy got finish. it out of his feet. It was a fantastic finish. It was an He's... absolute banger of a goal. Uh, yeah. It was horrible. I mean, Kwanzaa, I think this is the part of the game that Kwanzaa needs to improve on. Physically, he needs to get stronger. Especially, this is why Klopp had been substituting him on the hour in mm. most games. When he's in the Europa League, he generally takes him off on the hour because he physically weakens. You know, he's, he's still a kid. And I think as he physically gets stronger, Bowen won't be able to shrug him off. You know, but credit where it's due, Jared Bowen took that with, you know, from, it was a, it was a great finish. I'm surprised, not that I'm a West Ham fan like this, but I'm surprised when the Champions League sides haven't tried to nick him. I, I was surprised he was actually. I, I, I can't feel he's worse. He's 27. He's 27 today. It was his that's, birthday today. That's the problem. He's, really? He he's has the same be, birthday as Red Steve? That's unfortunate. He He's he's oh. at that stage of his career now where if he's not careful, his career is going to pass him by. Yeah. And he's going to head into that stage of a career when he hits 30 and be one of those, well, what if players? And I could think he play? It, could he be a player? I think if, um, say, Villa get top four, which is potentially possible, um, he'd be ideal for Villa as a just one of the just to put him in the rotation of all the other players they have in that front front three, and he'd get loads of game time. He'd be brilliant. For, he'd be brilliant for Villa. Yeah, I would. You know, I think a, a couple of years ago, that, mate, I'd have fucking had him. I'd have had him yeah, a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah. You know, I think. Well, but as part of me, this goes. If assume we get champion, we're in Champions League. There's two more games next year, minimum in the, in the group stage till January. If you don't finish the top eight, you've got a playoff game. You're gonna now need, I think, your sixth attacker, or you only need six attackers that are all seniors. Mm-hmm. I actually don't think this is where I, I think the Ben Doak thing hasn't quite worked. This is where I do think you send the Ben Doak out, and maybe you do have to start looking at someone like a Jared Bowen. Where you're going. Jared Bowen could start for Liverpool and it'd be really good for us. But I think you need six seniors. I think you almost got to say this week we're going to start selling Nunes Diaz. Next game it's Jota Bowen Gapo, Champions League League. Yeah. And I think that's what the league's going to go like next year. So, you know, I still wouldn't rule out Liverpool looking for someone to go, what's it? He's a known quantity. Well, here's a show from Anthony Boylan. Anthony Boylan, yeah. Yeah, he says Bowen could be viewed as a Zaha type guy who is great mid table, but what if? Because, you know, Wilfred Zaha yeah, yeah. goes to glory, glory, Manchester United, ends up being an absolute flop, goes back home to Crystal Palace and flourishes once again. So it's it's one of those things that you never know. And I mean, somebody else here, mm-hmm. Ashley L, says that we scouted him. You know, we looked at Jared Bowen, but you get to that 27 mark. And I mean, on the watch along, Gav and Emmett, after, after the goal went in, Gav was just like, if Salah goes in the summer, Jared Bowen is a player that I would give West Ham whatever they want to get him out of there. The issue with that is, is that West Ham is going to want to beg for him. That's, that's, he's that's, Im- that's he's important to West Ham United. He's oh, very okay. important to West Ham United. So you're not going to get him out of there for probably less than 60, no. 70 million. Are you going to want to that's drop him on a guy that's 27, turning 28? 
you know, he's never shown that he can do it at the top, top level, never played Champions League or anything like that. You know, he did score the winner in the Conference League last year, so I guess all good to him. But, all right, let's move on past that. Diaz then comes on for Gakpo. Diaz, uh, like you said, Kev, just plays center forward, which totally was not expecting. I was completely expecting that when Diaz came on for Gakpo, we'd see Dara Nunes go right back into the middle. Diaz would go to his regular left-hand berth. But that is not at all what happened. Wonders Darwin's going to play left left and against Arsenal. That's just getting used to it. It's I honestly I think that's I think we're going to see Darwin Gakpo Salah against Arsenal. But before we talk about Arsenal, because we can, yeah. because I'm, Gav was on the cans earlier today, so he won't be monitoring us because we've already gone over time. And uh, I haven't got a text it, message it, from just, him, so it's all good. Just, it's just, all good. It's, just, play, just play me. He's not show me tomorrow. Just play me. No, 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 no. I'm I'm on my holidays, as somebody said. So I'm I'm willing to go, go along on this. So oh fuck off the both of you. Right after right after we make our changes, Joe Gomez from the left back first decides to just go on a mazy run and he had three good chances in this game and oh, it's I'll, it's to the point I'll where he's just it. he's never he's never gonna score. I'm telling you it's gonna be a banger like that or it's a cup final winner. This is Joe Gomez's career or he just doesn't score he's a he's a Rob Jones and never scores. I'm telling you yeah. Europa League final Joe Gomez that's what that's the money on put, that's a banker put the money on it right then and then wouldn't you know it Darwin Nunez misses an absolute sit. Oh, no, wait, sorry. That's Mo Salah misses an absolute sitter. After the ball goes, Kelleher quick throw out to Gomez. Gomez to Jones. Jones to Darwin Nunez. He cuts it inside. Great strike. Hits the post for the umpteenth millionth time this season. The rebound falls to a miraculously onside Mo Salah. And he just misses. But nobody's going to talk about that. Yeah, nobody's going to talk about that because that's not the narrative. And also then, like 100 seconds later, Trent Alexander-Arnold makes a tackle slash pass that goes 45 yards, lands directly at the feet of a sprinting Mo Salah. And Kev, there are few things in life as beautiful to see as Mo Salah running with the ball at his feet from the halfway line with two or three defenders (laughs) off of his back because 19 times out of 20... 49 times out of 50, it's it's just a goal. It's just a goal. The, the beautiful thing about that is while he's when he breaks, he slows down and mm-hmm. just makes sure of the shot. He makes sure of the connection because it's the one thing with Salah. He's not used to being in that position, in the centre towards the left, where he he shoots with his left foot coming back into the keeper. He's not normally there. So it's not a natural place for him to be. So he makes sure of the contact by slowing down and takes Ariola out of it. Because Ariola made a save for the Diaz shot. Or sorry, for the Darwin shot that went off the post. Did he get a save on that? Yeah, yeah he, he got, got a save, save on that. Save. Yeah, he got oh, a hand yeah. on that. Yeah, he got a hand on that onto the post. And the ball came back and it literally just bounced off more, really. It happened that fast. But Shocking. this one, he came on, he made sure of it. And earlier on in the game, the first Curtis Jones goal was Liverpool's 500th goal in the League Cup. And it's just, you know, one of those things, the way tonight, well, there was a lot of landmarks that happened in tonight. I mean, our 19th League Cup semi-final, 500 goals in the competition, you know, since its inception. It was just one of those nights. And to be fair, 
the way the game was at 3-1 on 77 minutes, you think if they bring on Danny Ings, you know, one more goal, and we could be in for a nervy last 10, 15 minutes. You know, what you know, we'd made all of our changes. We made, you know, we brought on young players, we changed two of our back four. How much egg would you have on your face if this went sideways? You know, from being in a comfortable position to struggling to get it over the line. But there you go. Mo goes up four one. Bang, happy days. You're away for six. You'd another narrative. You know, if that happened, you know, oh, you took Virgil van Dijk off. We know the story. We know how it's written. So, Hmm. Liverpool's very good at getting Another thing as well. um, Another new member tonight. uh, Archie Doolan became a member tonight. Yeah. Nice boy, Archie. Yeah. Well, like Scouser Pete says, there's nothing to drive memberships quite like a nice, overwhelming Liverpool victory. Get everybody in here. We're a couple days out until Christmas. Everybody's in a jolly... uh, happy mood ish. so yeah we're not happy ish yeah i mean we haven't seen sight nor sound of chris golding since before the show started because uh oh chris, yeah, he's there. chris is in the chat chris oh is, is he the still chat. there oh okay yeah, yeah. he's crying to his curtis jones shit that's what it is oh that's <laughs> what it is it came well, quick so you can trust the post because i mean curtis jones cometh the man cometh the goldie cometh the hour <laughs> this Bobby. is the one that Full i Bobby. mean cracky it's like the defending of Arsenal for that goal from Bobby oh, Firmino, where they just they all seem to just fall out of the way. And he just goes and goes and goes and goes and then just scores. Easy. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. The only one the only one that's that's seen that's a bit funnier than that was Jump when Mo Salah scored against Watford and he he, he checked back and forth fells with the other way. That's all he yeah. needed to make it absolutely perfect, but I've made up for Jones. Look, Jones was really good tonight. Um, you know, before Jones got his second, man, the match was actually going to be a bit of a an interesting conversation because there's probably four or five really good contenders for it. But listen, Jones, you know, two goals, really effective on the left. You know, positive goal. You know, just what he needs. You know, and look, it's a bit of a brace. I think I said to Kev, that's five academy players we finished with on the pitch. Don't really count Elliot because we bought him at 16. But, you know, and it's an all-English, an all-British-English midfield. I can't actually remember the last time we had, you know, an English midfield with yeah. two... A, prop, two a with... proper Brexit midfield, not one that yeah. just genuine out shoehorned in. I know, but it's like, you know, yeah. two academy lads and a 16-year-old that we bought from Fulham. You know, so it's oh. also, you know, a young side with, oh, Chris Gold's become a member because <laughs> he wants to talk about... He wants to talk oh. Curtis Jones. We gotta Welcome get some, Chris. we gotta get Gav to give him some sort of Curtis Jones themed badges to put beside. Should, should, we, do, should we do a Curtis Jones appreciation show for two hours? Get Chris on. I love it, Goldie. Well, I love it. Everybody, everybody's man. in a festive mood. But I mean, Chris, you said it. Man of the match, player of the game. Do you give it to Jones? I mean, he scores the two goals, but honestly, I don't think he was our best player today. I wouldn't have given it to Jones. Who'd you like? I thought. I think if he scored two goals, he's not effective. I, I really liked Harvey Elliott's performance, though. I really liked his performance. Um, so it's between Jones and Elliott for me, with a shout-out to Kwanzaa, who I just thought was... Kwanzaa and Jones, who I both thought were brilliant on the right-hand side. But I would give it to Jones, because to be fair, if he scored a brace and he's also very effective in the game, I'll give I'll give, I'll give it to Jones. But listen, if you give it to Elliott, I'm not going to like... Be bomb. I'm not going to be like you know really annoyed over it because it's quite an easy one to do. 
I don't know if men of the cloth are allowed to rock hair down past their shoulders. Maybe, maybe in the United Church. It's definitely not uh, something from one of the more mainstream ones. Uh, <laughs> and Andy Kaufman's asking if I join the Nippy Carpathian Bar, can I get a weekly call from Gab just saying, Neely, Neely. Well, you'll be happy to know, Andy, that uh, Gab's got a couple of uh, bang average golf shows uh, lined up and ready to come out for the new year. So you'll be getting all your Neely content coming from you there. Mr. O'Sullivan, who did you like for man of the match? I look, I agree with Chris. I think Curtis Jones, the way he affected the game. I I liked his performance in the first half as well. Um, he was just he was just fluid in midfield. He was he was everywhere you want your number eight to be on the left-hand side. Drifting out wide, he was offering an option going outside. He was running at players, confident. I think the midfield three in general enjoyed the space that was afforded to them. And when you look at that midfield pairing that West Ham have with Edson Alvarez and Thomas Suchek, that's your starting central midfield pairing. You know, And West Ham are a decent side. Let's not get beat around the bush. West Ham are a decent side, and that's a pretty strong midfield. And they toyed, we toyed with them. But an honourable mention for me is uh, Wataru Endo. Um, yeah. Everything about his game tonight. I mean, look, it's easy to look at Kelleher. I thought Kelleher's distribution and confidence on the ball was really good. Virgil, brilliant as usual. But Endo, for me, um, was ridiculously outstanding. Uh Everything that you want a number six to do, he did it brilliantly. He broke up the play really well. He won the ball back in good areas. He was confident with the ball at his feet when he took it. He took he relief pressure. He dropped into a back three that allowed us to spread. And everything really built through him. I thought he was brilliant tonight. I, was, I really made up for him. Very happy. Yeah. I Almost like he needed a month or two to settle into his new yeah. surroundings and learn the system. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, Harvey, I don't think anyone had a bad game. I don't think no, no one come off the pitch tonight after having a stinker. I'll tell you one thing. Um, Connor Bradley coming back in after what happened away in Europe when the two fullbacks had a mare. You know, Chambers and... Connor Bradley had a really bad night. Let's not beat around the bush with it. Tonight, it started off so well with his first touch into Mull. And he just grew from there. You know, he he just looked really good as well coming off the bench. Really nice. So, but we need best, him. We need him. The best thing he said about Bradley was he'd forgot he'd forgotten Jones had swapped to the right. Uh, swap to the left. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely, I forgot he come on. And then he got, oh well, it, and I was like, oh, it's not going with it. It's Bradley, isn't it? Got, oh, yeah, they swapped sides. Because you can't use it, it was just it was just seamless, you know. And so it's the kind of performance you want to do when you're coming off a bad one is just come back and just be it's be routine. Uh, Anthony Boylan says he's glad it was his wife's birthday for that Union away game. And uh yeah, I can't believe you have any recollection of that game at all. Yet. We got an hour out of that. We got an hour I, show out of that. I was so I, proud of us getting an hour out of that. <laughs> I'm ashamed at us for getting. I'm ashamed at us for getting an hour out of that. Uh, I was trying to look for the comment because I saw somebody in here mentioned it. Uh, I I would give man of the match to Joe Gomez. I, it's yeah, he was very good. Very he's good. just 
everything we ask him to do. It's one of those performances. It's just absolutely fantastic. What is this? Hi, I'm Greek. I think Jones had a stinker. I'll get me code. Ah, Goldie, 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 Goldie. Ah, what an absolute card he is. But I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it sets us up nicely for what is it? The middle middle of January, just before, just after the stupid. We commence the eighth, and we commence the twenty seventh. Which we'll do another show on that because uh, Kev has some opinions on that, and I I yeah. For two days, but we'll do that another time, Kev, because we don't want to make this a yeah. three-hour show. No, I'll just I'll just say this: we're smack in the middle of our winter break for the first leg. Not anymore. And Klopp gets a bit thick and protective around his players getting a break mid-season. I don't think I think I agree with Chris. I think he'll he'll play it. You know, he'll play a strong side, hmm. but I don't think he's going to be happy about it. And I dope. think he's every right he's every right not to be happy about it. But there's a reason why this is the last season of two-legged semifinals. You know, two-legged semifinals back in the day were money generators for clubs. And you understood it. You know, at the end of the day, most clubs, when this was a thing, you had one club involved in the Champions League European Cup. You had one club in the UEFA Cup and you had one cup in the one club in the cup winners cup and that was it everyone else was domestic football nowadays you could have seven potentially even eight clubs in a 20 club league involved in european competitions the idea of having a two-legged semi-final in january when you have african cup of nations asian cup of nations is an absolute joke we'll have we'll have no more or end up for these semi-finals. Right. James is yeah. at, James CPR is asking if there's a group chat for members. Yes. If you download the Telegram app and then let <clears throat> Gav know what your name is on Telegram and he'll send you an invite to join the Telegram group. Basically, why not? Endo's away with the, at the, uh, the Asia Cup, isn't it? Because uh, Sons of that. Yeah. I think it's, it's around yeah. similar to the AFCON. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just, just an oh, absolute We know he's going to get picked because he's, he, he's Japan's captain. So we know he's going. And he's, he's not going to be out for some sort of minor dental thing because he wears that lovely mouth guard. So the <laughs> other thing as well, he's got to be gone for a good while because Japan will go deep. Mm-hmm. You know, Japan. Probably favorites will be to win. one of the favorites to win it. Yeah, yeah. I can't find yeah. points out, but Polina could be gone by then from Fulham, which he could be. Mm-hmm. Could be, he yeah. could be playing oh, for Liverpool. Be... Oh, no, no, he won't. No, be. no, but, uh, <laughs> no. I think we got to buy him Munich. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think Bayern um, Munich is negotiating through the press to get a price done. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean. That's a pretty. That's about one of the longest post-match shows we've ever done here. Well done, gentlemen. Yeah. Everybody's in the Christmas spirit here. I like it. But Gav won't mind because we've drummed up a few new members. Uh, again, just another reminder for everybody: if you check out the link in the show description or on the social media for the Talking Cop, you'll find the link to the little prize contest we got going. It is the signed frame Dominic Sabasli shirt from FootballPrizes.co.uk. Who our resident farmer in house Brian O'Sullivan insists that they have absolutely top-notch gear. So you know you'll be getting an absolutely lovely piece of memorabilia there. 
The tickets are three pound ninety five. It's contest is open until Boxing Day slash St. Stephen's Day slash the day after Christmas, whatever you want to call it. If you're interested, click on the link, go and get yourself a ticket for that. One out of three hundred chances, they're only selling two hundred ninety nine tickets, so that's all well and easy and good. Thank you to all the members. I love seeing all the members that are in here tonight. Also, happy birthday to Red Steve. It is his birthday. It's also my brother's birthday, so happy birthday, Richard, as well, too. Um, but, boys, while I got you here, I mean, I might not see you again before the match. What do we think for the lineup for Arsenal? Because this is a big, 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 big Ooh. game. Big game. So, who starts beside Who starts beside Virgil? Let's let's try to do this quickly and orderly. After the like After the <laughs> yeah, we we know who's going to be the keeper, the left back, the right back, the left center half. Uh, Chris, who plays beside Virgil for you? I think it's even. Yeah, Kev, agree? Agree. Yeah, All right. Endo's going to play in the six with McAllister being out. Sabasai is going to play on the right-hand side. Gravenberch left-hand side, Chris? Jones. Jones. Kev? Jones. I think it should be Jones. I worry that it's it's going to be Gravenberch. I think Robert should only make the bench if he's only just come back from muscle fatigue. I don't think they want to risk him. Uh, no. I, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm all for it. I think I think Curtis Jones did well enough that he played himself into that starting berth. I I want to see it, and I think I think he's Jurgen Klopp's pick. I really do think he's Jurgen Klopp's pick. Up front, obviously, Mo Salah, who is now on 201 goals for Liverpool, will start on the right wing. Who do you like on the left and then through the center, Chris? I know who I'd like to start, but. I I don't think it's that one. Well, John is injured, so, yeah. No, no. Um, I think because he was on the bench, I think Diaz will start. And because he went off early, I think Gakpo will start. It's not this lineup I would start with, but I think that's the three he'll go with. What about you, Kev? I agree with Chris. Um, the reason why, I think Klopp will look at this and think, he'll break the game up into stages. and He'll look at it and say, okay, if I start with this three, he's going to have industry and work rate and a goal threat, and he can change it on the hour and bring Darwin on. Um, Darwin's played a lot of football, in fairness, over the last few weeks. So, mm. and Klopp will try to. He he's, he has four forwards, so he's, he's gonna he's, he's got to rotate them. You know, I you can't play the same start, forwards all the time. I would prefer to start Nunes left. Try the experiment with Diaz in the middle. I think for that Arsenal back four, I think pace might be the way to go with them, rather than yeah. I think, and rather than um, the cuteness of Gakpo. I think that actually the cuteness of Gakpo will probably actually be better against Burnley, mm. where you can pick, where you can throw the pass through. But listen, that, that's, have what I think, I, that's what I think he's going to go with, just because of the subs we've got taken off. But listen, I've been wrong. I've been wrong. Yeah, it's, I, I, I think he's going to go with Darwin on the left and Gakpo through the middle. Uh, I think that gives you the best of both okay, worlds. Right. It gives you the pace on the left. It gives you the wiliness and the, the versatility that Gakpo offers through the middle to allow us to overload that midfield. Somebody mentioned earlier, I didn't save the comment, but a key will be putting pressure on Declan Rice for them. He's been fantastic for Arsenal. He's been, you know, maybe not value for money, but he's been worth the gigantic price tag that... Uh, the only question, question I'll have about Arsenal is, I do think sometimes... Because he gets winning goals, I think it papers over questions. So, I mean, careful what's the Luton game. I've never seen Luton have so many three and ones against a centre centre mid in all my life. Mm. Um, and that's probably the challenge of Arsenal is 
if you can beat their press, they do leave themselves quite open to a counter-attack, which is why, again, I'd look at pace. But, I mean, you could argue so do we. So this is why yeah. the game will be interesting. And I saw this point out in the chat. In they're, fairness, not gonna, they're, Cody, not part, Cody, they're not going to part the brush, are they? No. no. Cody isn't exactly slow either. You know, Cody, no, Cody not, offers no. quick enough. So, and I think he offers you the work rate of he can drop off from the number nine onto a number six, whoever's playing in the six for Arsenal, and press the living daylights out of him and create problems for them and stop the ball going into Declan Rice that way. The only thing I look There's at Arsenal, your show. I, Kai Havertz is playing really well. Yes. You know, it, strangely, he's he's found a rich vein of form at the minute. It's going to be a cracking game. It's going to be one of those games, I think, over the Christmas period, everyone in the world is going to be sitting taking notice of this game. It's it's going to be huge. And two teams are going to go at it. It's not going to be like last Sunday where only one team was interested in playing football. Hmm. This This game, you're going to have two sides who are going to go at each other, hammer and tongs, Hopefully, Mikel Arteta will piss the cough off and Anfield will be like a fair Klopp's talked about that. Saying, uh, yeah, no, I, where was I, it? Need, Shit, I saved that comment. <laughs> we, we need the, Along the lines of, we need you up for it. If you're not up for the game, give your ticket away. You don't. You shouldn't have to rely on me to kick off at a manager. There <laughs> it is. Ashley L., our resident uh, beat reporter, got in, getting all the hot Klopp quotes. This is from like an hour and a half ago Love now because we've been on for so long, but she's... Klopp says, we need Anfield on Saturday. We need Anfield on their toes without me being in an argument with their coach or whatever. If you're not in the right shape, give your ticket to someone else. He also Simple did as. He didn't like what he was hearing behind him, which was probably not enough. You know, mm. so. Bunch of babies. Yeah. Half-five kickoff, though. I think that helps. Ah, it's, it's If you can't get up for this, I mean, it is the sporting time of season, whether you're into the NFL, NBA goes absolutely crazy. Like, if you think the football's on a lot over Christmas, NBA is on literally all day on Christmas Day. I think they do a quintuple header. They start games at, like, 8 in the morning, and they just play fucking basketball all day. So if you're off on holidays and you like the sports like myself, you grab a few more cans, you load them in and enjoy yourself some Christmas, and then spend some time with your family, everybody. But we're going to be back here before Christmas. I'm not sure who's on. You guys both on with me on uh, Saturday? A preview. Yeah, but there's a preview. Oh, no, I'm not off. I'm not now. I'm done, I think. Oh. Yeah, I am. Oh. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm not around. So, well, I am around, oh. but I'm not on. So, I'll be in the chat. Don't worry. Probably, um, probably you mean gold, though. Yeah. Yep. Ah. A pair of arguing I, I think there's a preview of the Arsenal game tomorrow night. So make sure you uh, you guys are tuning in for that one. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, tomorrow we are going to have the absolute world premiere of the boss man, Gav, on the 30, going through a breakdown of the lyrics of a hip-hop song, which if you can't get excited about the madness that that's going to be, I don't know what else to offer you people because that is going to be absolutely brilliant. So to all of our new members that have joined tonight, Super Dizzle got one gifted to him by Nigel. Thank you very much, Nigel. Archie Doolin joined. Chris Golding joined. Everybody tune in tomorrow for the 30, which is on at 10 o'clock local Irish English time or five in the friggin' morning for those of us over here in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. It is going to be an absolute riot. But we'll see you all again on the next post-match show after Liverpool play Arsenal this weekend. Thank you very much to Chris. Thank you very much to Kev. 
Sorry, Gav, we went almost 90 minutes on this post-match show, but everybody's in a very jubilant mood, so it's been all good. See you guys later, and if we don't see you, have everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.